Hello and welcome to the Pod of the Damned. I'm your host Ian. Joining me as always is my co-host Nico. How's it going buddy? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Have you forgiven me yet for going to the cinema without you? Mm, still not sure. Still not sure. Nico's very was, Sorry. I was actually going to see it on opening day but I thought I'll wait till I hear for you and I didn't hear fuck all and I'm like oh he's obviously busy. Well I was busy so... on opening day. That 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 was true. Because I didn't get I, to see it on opening day. Uh, well, I would have went to see it on opening day if I knew you were going to see it without me, motherfucker. I'm sorry, I'll still come and see it with you. Mm, won't be the same. Okay, I'm sorry. Nico's very upset with me. I, 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 the, the fact that you're upset with me means I've already added a point onto my score for your choice of movie this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's a perfect 10 now, is it? Uh, mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we are a horror podcast that deep dives into a different topic every week in our quest to create a leaderboard of the best and worst horror movies of all time. This is episode number 71, and in today's show we're talking all about the 1988 John Carpenter classic, They Live before we get too deep into it, though, just a quick reminder, if you would like to follow us on our social media channels, you can do. We're on Twitter at Damned Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Pod of the Damned. You can also follow us on our brand new Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Pod of the Damned. I've already started up doing some of the gaming streams on there. And coming very soon, me and Nico will be doing some live video broadcasts of episodes on there as well so stay tuned to all the social medias for that you can also get us on patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned where you get early access released to any recordings that we do and you can also email us at pod of the damned at gmail.com don't worry if you missed any of those because they'll all be in the description for this episode so nico you picked the movie this week uh, why? Why did you? Why have you chosen They Live? Because it's one of Carpenter's favorite ones. So I thought we've talked about Carpenter a lot, so might as well go for this. And plus, it's a conspiracy theories nightmare. Like that, that everybody thinks, "Oh my God, this is going to happen." That's how bad it is. It, it, it's funny you say that. We've talked about Carpenter a lot. This is only the second actual John Carpenter movie we've covered on this podcast. Yeah, but we talk about him a lot, that's what like, I mean. Well, yeah, I we... talk about him a lot. I mean, I it's it's no secret that he is my favourite horror director of all time. Yeah, so... and I think this is one of the underrated ones that he's done, to be honest. Okay, okay. well, we'll obviously get into it a little bit more. Before we do that as well, um, Nico, you know our leaderboard. This is the 67th movie that we have covered on the show. Where do you think it's going to come on the leaderboard? Let's see... If I remember rightly, this was highly acclaimed by critics. But saying that modern critics are fucking a nightmare. Right, uh, I'd say about a 6.5 out of 10. 6.5. That would put it in 42nd place. It would give it the same score as Nightwatch and be slap-bang in the middle of Splinter and Sensor. Yeah, I think it should be above those, but I think that's where it'll stop. Okay. Okay, well, shall we get into it then? Go for it. Okay, we are talking all about They Live. Ah, masters! 
Because what do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe, as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are, or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them, they're everywhere! We have no other choice. I don't like this one. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. Ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletales. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum. This movie was released in 1988, was directed by the legendary John Carpenter and stars Roddy Piper, Keith David and Meg Foster. The IMDb plot is as follows. They influence our decisions without us knowing it. They numb our senses without us feeling it. They control our lives without us realising it. They live. Uh, Nico, you saying it's one of the most underrated John Carpenter movies. Where, where, just where would you rank it amongst these movies? Let's let, let's go through some of Carpenter's actual work. Um, okay. For for me, nothing, nothing will come close to Halloween. Halloween will always be number one for me. Yeah, I know that with you. Um, and number two, because I I also credit it as being tied for my second favorite movie of all time. The Thing is also just incredible yeah so would you put they live on a level with those or would you maybe make it sort of the high end of his second tier of movies because i think it's pretty widely accepted that there's a couple of tiers of carpenter's movies isn't there Uh, i see my top one is escape from new york yeah by far i think that's his masterpiece Uh uh-huh uh-huh like maybe not (laughs) <laughs> that's just that's just me allowing you your opinions nico whilst silently judging you yeah but the thing is right the next favorite one is also got kurt russell in it and it's big trouble, big trouble little in china. little china yeah <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> big trouble in little china is super you wouldn't get away with big trouble in little china nowadays no danger but it's so much fun like that is that is just like it is the finest entertainment you could have to either just switch your mind off or actually watch it for heaps of little wee things you forgot from the previous one. It's just like, it is my favourite what he did. Yeah. I, it's, and, it's, then, sorry. and then I would put The Fog. That's my top three. So we have, we have very, very differing top threes because mine goes Halloween, The Thing and Escape from New York. Those are my yeah. three. So at least we've, we've both got Escape from New York in there. But like, there, there's so many others you can go into. What, what about Assault on Precinct 13? Yeah, like, 
that's the thing. There's not that much bad movies he's done. The 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 I wouldn't even want to call them bad, but I would say the lower end of his is definitely some of his later work. Things like Vampires, Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, I would say Ghosts of Mars is probably his worst one. But then you know you go back, you Prince of Darkness. I still think is 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 pretty fucking good. Christine is an iconic movie. Yeah. Um, in the Mouth of Madness is it seems to be. It seems to be a bit more loved now, I think, than it maybe had been previously. Yeah. And um, what about Escape from L.A.? See, Escape from L.A. is Marmite, and I'm on the Marmite side of it that I don't like it. You don't like it? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's nowhere near Escape from New York, is it? Yeah, 100%. So, so in terms of They Live... For you, what are you saying? Are you saying you obviously gave your top three there as um, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, and The Fog? Would they live be next? See, they live would be there, but not like I'd say it's in his top five type thing. Okay, so that means out with John Carpenter's top five for you, either Halloween or The Thing doesn't make it. Yes. And then no matter which one you tell me doesn't make it, Nico, I'm that see that point I was giving you back for making you upset that I went to the cinema without you. I'm taking it straight back off. See, you you know my I like I like Halloween, but no, the thing is definitely above it. You you, you there's movies above the greatest horror movie of all time. In your opinion, that is the greatest horror movie <laughs> of all time. It's, it's the, and in true in fairness, that is my opinion because according to our leaderboard at the moment, it's the second greatest horror movie of all time. Exactly. God damn you, Alien! Alien is the other <laughs> movie that's tied for second for me. To be fair, so I'm not too upset by that. Do you know Alien and Halloween are still the only two horror movies that we've covered that have broken, have gotten higher than a nine? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing's even come close. We've got two eight point fives. And that they're the two closest. It's Reanimator and The Omen. But that's because we can be fussy sometimes. We can be fussy sometimes. A little bit fussy. Just, just, a, uh, just a tad, yeah. Just a touch. Just a touch. Oh. Well, I'm going to be really interested to figure out what you're going to rate They Live, considering the rating that you gave Halloween, which isn't even in John Carpenter's top five. Because I'm just going to tell See, you now. You I, gave I rate every movie differently, you know that. But you did give Halloween a nine. Yes. And it wasn't, it's not in Carpenter's top five. Yes. Okay. I can't wait for that. I, I think it is a brilliant movie. I think it sets up an absolute amazing franchise. That's why it scored so high. Okay. 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 Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I think, um, in terms of underrated Carpenter work, I think it's this and Christine. I think those yes. are his two, like, really underrated ones. So and think... that one, what's his name? I have Bridges is in. I forgot the name of it. You forget names of things all the time, Nico. It's fine. I know, but it's like a really cheesy one. He's an alien. And I can't remember what it's called. It'll come to you. It probably will. Is it <laughs> Spaceman or something like that? Um. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, um... Oh, for fuck's sake, now you've... See, now you hate it when you do this, because then you confuse me. You do this all the time. Keep filling, I'm quickly looking up. And it's, are you talking about Dark Star? No, Starman. Starman. That's the one. Oh, okay. It really, it really pisses me off when you do that. <laughs> 
Oh, back to other people listening to this not knowing if we're actually friends or not. Good. Um, (laughs) So, obviously, in Here We Are, In They Live, we've got our main character, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Nico, I know you're obviously a big fan of professional wrestling as well as horror movies. You know I am as two. Um, Yep. We're talking about Carpenter and his other work. Let's talk about pro wrestlers and their work. See, this is the thing, right? This is an underrated movie, and it's got the most underrated wrestling superstar, in my opinion. Roddy Piper. Well, Roddy Piper, at one point of the time, though, at one point in time, in the old WWF days, he was the biggest heel. Yeah, and he still never won the heavyweight championship. He did not. No, you're right. In every company he was in, he never won the heavyweight championship. He didn't need to, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's 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 a disgrace to me. Because, plain and simple, he was one of the best heels. Like, he did the whole, the whole shtick. Mm-hmm. He could lead a group. He could take on a whole group by himself. He could, like, he could make you hate him just with words, which is a perfect heel. He absolutely could. But you know what was even, like, the, the part... That, all that is true, and all that is why everyone sort of loved Rowdy Roddy Piper. But he also made a really good face as well. That's the thing, yeah. He could, like, he was one of the first ones that I ever remember who could be a face or a heel. Yeah. He, he was be... always a better heel, don't get me wrong, but yeah. he was he was a great anti-hero. Uh-huh. Well, so let's let's transfer all this to the big screen then. How do, how do you feel about Roddy Piper's performance here in They Live as, as Nada? See, I like I did not think he would be able to act. I remember because other, as you say, like other wrestlers that went in, especially around that time, you got like Hulk Hogan who was going into movies that I can't think of a movie he was good in. No, because he's Hulk Hogan. That's why. Yeah, like n- none of them were good. Like absolutely none. And then there's like even Undertaker tried his hand at a couple of movies, and that was fucking shit. Well, I've got a list of uh, a list of wrestlers here. If you'd like to go through some of them, go for it. So, well, we'll start off. We'll start off with the good ones. Oh, hello, here. You've got um, probably the best one of all time, The Rock. Yeah. He he would. He's probably. He. I mean, he's the highest paid actor in the world, isn't he? So, um, it's safe to say that The Rock was is a bit of massive success in his transformation as pro from pro wrestler to actor. Yeah. Um, How about Batista and the modern ones? Well, that's the thing. Who really saw Batista becoming the success that he's became? I know, and it's hard to see him on screen as well, especially if he's not moving. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Very good. Um... (laughs) Like, do you know if he ever wrestles, John Cena will be watching an empty ring? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but <coughs> excuse me but, um, did you like that one i did yeah um but he, did i mean come on you can't honestly sit there and say that you saw batista becoming the the the, the huge success that he's became like i sort of thought he'd be a good actor i didn't think he'd be that good but the thing about it is he's the same as piper he can play a heel to perfection like he is one of the best heels but can also play a baby face. I've noticed the ones that can do that, because the rock's the same. If you can be a heel or a face, 
nine times out of ten you can up quite well. Yeah, that's true. Okay, what about this next one? Move on. What about John Cena? See, I hate Cena, but he is actually alright because I watched him in uh, what's it called? The DC thing that he recently did, and Suicide, it was hysterical. Suicide Squad. No, well, he's in that. It's the character he plays in Suicide Squad got its own show. Oh right, okay. And I've forgotten. Is it Peacekeeper? I I have no idea. I've not I've not even watched the most recent Suicide Squad. It's all right, but like his TV show, he was really good in it. I fucking hate to say that because I'm not a Cena fan. I was never like they needed to turn him. Like when they were going to bring in the new NWO, that should have been the leader. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just annoyed me. Fair enough. Um, okay. Just to keep it, things moving, here we go. Here, how, what about Macho Man Randy Savage? Awful. Absolutely awful. What are you talking Bones about? Saw. Bone saw is ready. <laughs> he basically played himself. <laughs> oh, but we, lo- we do love Macho Man. I wonder how I'm going to play a wrestler who's coming to the end of his time taking on the public. Mm, I wonder how you'll manage to do that, Macho Man. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, not um, not not us, not uh, his wrestling career was uh, a lot better. Let's just say. Yeah. What about Triple H? See, Triple H, he can't do comedy. Like he's not funny. Are you are you referring to the chaperone? Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> like, genuinely, it was it was Mister Nani, but written by absolute fucktards. Fair, yeah. No, it's it's it's. Does Triple H have a good acting credit to his name? Probably not. Um, but I did like him in Blake. That's the one. I was like, I'm sure he was in like an action movie. And I couldn't remember which one it was. It was Blade Trinity, wasn't it? Yeah, like I like that whole thing, including the bit that everyone's like, "Oh, he's acting shit." He's meant to be acting shit at that point when he's faking his arm being fucked. You know you, what I mean? You like something about Blade Trinity? I, I like a couple of things about Blade Trinity. I've said this before. I know. I'm just, I just kind of keep hoping that it's a fever dream. Okay. Um, Ryan you... Reynolds and Blade Trinity is the thing to watch it. For. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and anything. Um, Pretty much. What about DDP? See, I don't remember DDP being in a lot of films, but I remember him being in a few TV shows. He was good in that. He's in Devil's Rejects. Oh, yeah, so yeah, shit. I totally forgot. See, he's not memorable. That's <laughs> the problem enough. with him. At okay, movies. we'll move on then. What about, and I know you're going to like this one, Jesse the Body Ventura? He ain't got time to bleed. I was just the way to say it, you beat me to it. See, like. He's good at playing himself. That's yeah. it. Like, like he's the opposite of Macho Man. Macho Man's one was shit playing himself. Whilst Jesse the Body Ventura was just like, I'm going to play the most American guy I can right now. And that was the character in wrestling as well. So that's fine. Yeah. Okay, uh, just a couple more. Andre the Giant. One of the best. <laughs> like, honestly, I love Andre the Giant. Especially in Princess Bride. Yeah. I think that's the one that you'll, that people will always remember, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, like the story in Princess Bride where he farted for what is it like twenty minutes, hmm. and then, then like he's like, "You're all right," and he's like, hey, "I'm now, boss." Like that, that, that is just the epitome of just—he's a legend. 
Yeah, he is. Uh, okay, last but not least, Sasha Banks. <laughs> Actually good in Mandalorian, I hate saying that because it's another wrestler I'm not really a fan of. No, I'm not a fan of hers either, to be honest. Um, she can act, though. She can act, and she's a good wrestler, but she's just... It's, she's it's a all, dangerous it, wrestler. It's all the other stuff that comes with her. There seems to just be a lot of baggage that comes with her, doesn't there? Yeah, she's very, very dangerous. Yeah, she is. Um, That's okay. what I don't like about her. So, like, okay, well, so we, we've kind of gone way off track there from, from the movie, but... We're saying Roddy Piper, anyway, is pretty high up on the list, of at least of those ones we've just gone through. 100%. Like, this dude can act. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair enough. Um, so, what about, what about the rest of the cast in this movie? Because, you know, whilst there's a lot of people in this movie, we only really sort of focus on three or four characters. We've got Keith David in there as Frank. Um, I'm a big Keith David fan. Uh, I obviously really enjoy him in the in the thing, you know. This is his second co- and final collaboration with John Carpenter, but he just seemed to play that role really perfectly, didn't he? Yeah. Like, I think they got the cast in this quite well, to be honest. Yeah. Because apart from, well, spoiler alert. Apart from the ending where she turns on him because everyone knew that in the 80s she never played anything but a villain. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Apart from that, you would have liked to have had it come as a secret. You know what I mean? So you think, they the just ca- you think they should have just cast someone else other than Meg Foster? Yeah, just because of that one thing where... Because if it was somebody else, you wouldn't know she was about to turn on him. Yeah. Whilst in this, since it's her... You're waiting for her the whole movie to turn him. Like when the coppers are going past, I was expecting her to go, He's here! <laughs> he's, he's, he's here! <laughs> is that how she sounds, is it? Aye. <laughs> Come get him! He's, he's in a back on the shotgun! <laughs> Why is my promo clip every episode now just going to be you doing a funny voice of one of the guys? No, <laughs> not again! <laughs> <laughs> he's here! <laughs> oh, so wrong. I ah, good. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, as, no, you, as you write down exactly where that was. I'm literally again. Just, I've literally just written down the timestamp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they do. They get the they get the casting. I think of this pretty pretty spot on. I mean, like I say, you've you've only really got the three or four main roles to fill. You've got Nada, Frank, Holly. I'd say Gilbert and Gilbert does a pretty good job in his role. The rest are all sort of supplemental, really, aren't they? Yeah, the rest are there just for background actors, to yeah. be honest. Because so, this movie is genuinely, he's heard conspiracies about, fuck it, I'm making a movie out of it. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Pretty much. Because, like, see if they remade this nowadays, it would be number one for God knows how long. <laughs> Well, this is what I want to. This is one of the things I do want to touch on when we're covering this movie, because obviously this was made if, uh, release sorry in nineteen eighty-eight. Um, it's pretty. It's predicted the world pretty well, I would say. Why? What do you mean? Well, you know, it, it's it, obviously it's it's giving big social commentary on, you know the police state and consumer society and capitalism and all those sorts of things, you know, those are all highly, you know, those are big topic matters in this movie, things that are being touched upon. And in modern society now, in 2023, 
you, those things are probably more at the fore now than ever they have been in the past two decades. Yeah. You know, you've, we've got gov the government's literally trying to clamp down on things like free speech and right to protest. You know, th those things are literally under threat right now. Um, not even just here in the UK, but across the world. You know, capitalism and the consumer society is at forefront. You know, we're currently in the middle of a cost of living crisis and we're in the middle of an energy crisis. So these things are all right at the forefront of people's minds. And, you know, I think in terms of, I don't know if you feel the same about this, but in terms of just our society here, there's also just a bit of a d general disassociation and disillusionment between the people and government and politics. There's a big disconnect there right now. Yeah, and the slogans as well, stay asleep, fuck, use that. Like, just for example, America with the Republicans and that, both sides use it. Like, Democrats and Republicans, you hear them both say it, oh, stay asleep, why don't you, to each other. So yeah. there's stuff in this that you still hear people say nowadays. But that's it as well, because I think, I mean, I'm not so, much, I'm not so sure how much here... But in, in, in America as well, that sort of psychological and subliminal politics, it's 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 pretty big stuff over there, right? Oh yeah. You know? So it's 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 such a huge commentary currently on how the world is just now. You know, considering this was made what, thirty five years ago? To still yeah, be socially this, this is why I say this would make a number one movie nowadays. See if they remade this, honestly. It would break box office records. Yeah. Well, would you um, would you want to see a remake of this? I sort of do, just to see how folk handle it nowadays. Well, because there was just a couple of uh, there was a couple of people when I was sort of doing research about what people thought. There was a couple. There was a couple of people out there calling for this to be remade. I'm yeah. not. Sh I don't think I want a remake of this. I'm usually, and and you know that's for me as the you know give remakes a chance guy. Let's get some modern stuff, but that's unusual for you. It's it is unusual for me, but I really just um I really just think this is one that doesn't need one. It's still socially relevant, so why would you need to remake it if it was something that had really good social commentary at the time? But here we are, thirty five years later. The social commentaries maybe become a little bit outdated, but the concept and the the execution of the movie was still good. Then yeah, I would say go for a remake. Let's reboot it. Let's bring it into the twenty first century. Bring it into the twenty twenties or whatever it is you want to do. But the fact is that nineteen eighty eight movie is still making the same points that are the troubles with our society now than it was yeah. back then. So why need why remake it? Because I I think this would be good for a remake because of that reason, because. Plain and simple, they could remake this shot for a shot near enough and it would still make an impact today. Mm -hmm. But this is his forgotten about movie. It's one of his favourites. And genuinely, if you want to pay homage to the man, remake this. Okay. Is what I think. Who would you have as in the lead role? I don't know with that one, to be honest. Because... It would have to be someone similar. It would have to be somebody that could play the role just as well. Would you have another professional wrestler do it? Oh, no, you could have a professional actor do it, but the thing about it is, it, 
there's a lot of people that could fill this role. There's a lot of people that could do really well in this role mm-hmm. and bring it to a bigger audience. And that's what I would like to see. Okay. I was, I was just curious to see if there was maybe like a wrestler that you thought could, could pull it off. Oh, there's about to be... There's about to be a few wrestlers that could probably pull it off, but it wouldn't be the ones that you would think it would be. Like, could you imagine The Rock doing that? I don't think that would work very well. No. It's got to be an everyday man. So you're talking about somebody that can fit the everyday man role. And that's what he does perfectly in this. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think there's... I, 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 well, I say I agree. I agree with you in terms of that. I don't. I still don't agree with you. I don't think this movie needs to be remade. I think this is one of those movies where I think, you know, just leave it as is. Um, I think a remake of this could make bunk. And I mean, like, it would it would be stupidly popular nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. I'm not saying I don't think it would be a success. Uh, I'm just, I just don't think it needs to be made. Oh, I get you, but yeah, I, I, I do because I think bringing stuff like this to the forefront of everyone's attention is always a good thing, mm-hmm. and this would do that if it was done with the right people, done with the right director. But you could say that about any movie, really, couldn't you? If it's done with the right people and it's done with the right director, then it's going to be a success. But yeah, obviously. Well, no, I'm not meaning just the the success part. I mean the message part that's behind this movie. Yeah. This is some message that, yeah, your liberties and everything are taken away. It's basically greed is good and that keeps everyone dumb. And it's not exactly wrong, is it? No, that's true. Um, you're obviously talking about you know getting the right people. If there was to be a remake, they would they would have to keep. And they would have to get someone who would be able to deliver some of the iconic lines that this movie does give us. Yeah. Because I'm not sure I could... I'm not sure if anyone else could deliver the I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all and out I'm of all bubblegum. Bubble yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks, sir. You took that moment away from me. I was about to say at the same time because I said it last time last week. But that, but that's not the only sort of iconic line that you know is in this movie. Roddy Piper delivers quite a few. I quite like "Life's a bitch and she's back in heat." Uh, <laughs> that's my next favourite one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, about, what about I'm giving you a choice: either put on the glasses or start eating that trash can. I just before the fight, but uh, yeah. by the by the way, what do you think of the on-screen fight between? Well, them? that's actually the next point that I have on my notes is the fight. Um, it just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Like I love, like everyone knew what Piper was. He was a dirty fighter back then, and his signature was the low blow. I love the fact he blocks the low blow, so he headbutts him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hold up, bitch. <laughs> I, I think the thing I love about the fight scene is that they're both kind of pally with it as the fight scene goes on. Aye, there's the, well, mates fight sometimes, it's fun. I'm not sure this looks like a particularly fun fight. Well. There's a point where Keith David is kneeing Roddy Piper in the balls about eight times, and you're like, mm, <laughs> the fun's definitely not, in, there's no fun in this fight. Not anymore, not at that point. But I think as fight scenes go, it's possibly one of the most memorable ones. In, it's funny. 
it is funny, you know. It, 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 I think, I think it's it's funny because it brings a kind of slapstick to this movie that maybe isn't quite there all the time. Mm. It brings that professional wrestling aspect to it because it's a very pro wrestling fight, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like there, there's this if the, if it and we know obviously in horror and in action movies, you know, suspension of disbelief people can just withstand more than you actually would but there does come a point in this fight though where you're like this right this fight would have been over about um, three minutes ago Aye. you know they, they just sort of keep being able to get up and get up and get up somebody needs me in the balls once i'm done <laughs> right, i'm no i'm i'm done i'm not taking that another seven times you can you can take a few hits to the balls if you're I'm in a sure proper fight. You, I'm sure you can. I don't want to, Nico. You don't want to, but you can. And I'm not saying I can't. I'm saying I don't want to. Okay. Would you want to? No, but I'm just saying you can. Okay. Okay. Well, um, for me, the fight scene's super iconic. It's 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 very out there. It's very ridiculous. But I think with it, in the confines of the plot of this movie, and given what this movie is about, I think it's it's perfectly fitting for the film. Ah. Like, the thing about the fight scene as well is that I find hysterical. It's not Piper that throws the first punch, remember? No. It's it's 100% Frank, because Frank thinks he's, like, crazy. Well, Frank, thinks, they... he's, well, Frank thinks he's a serial killer. Aye, pretty so, much. So, I mean, I think Frank's well within his rights to throw the first punch. Uh, but it's like, by the way, he's like, all I'm, all I'm doing is let you get a head start, just fuck off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You've lost the plot. And it is good, like. Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, I want to talk a little bit about, like, this, this sort of overall plot of this film. Obviously, you know, we know, we know the story. There's aliens who have invaded, um, invaded the earth they've disguised themselves as people they've, they've assumed control of the whole planet and they're controlling aspect all aspects of people's lives and blah 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 and everything's subliminal messaging so like every advertisement every magazine even your money has subliminal messaging on it yeah what it's it, it's good i like that no no, no. I, I i love all of that i love the general plot what the, it's it's probably for me i think the biggest negative i have about this film though is that there just sometimes feels that, like there's a lot of background information missing or completely sort of skipped over really well yeah like you know it, it's just a case of we just we just have to accept that this is what's happening this is what we're going with this is the end that we're going to and you know that's kind of it. I don't know what it is. Like, there's just, it feels to me like it's not been fleshed out enough. The thing is, I think it, I think it does that deliberately. So it's like, yeah, they're here. You don't know how long they've been here, but you know, they're from like, what is that? Andromeda or something like that. I can't, um, some, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even so much like, oh, where where did the aliens come from? Because, oh, they came from Andromeda. Okay, that's really changed the whole... Pl- you know, that that's not really what I'm talking... But then, you know, I think I'd have just liked to have learned a bit more about, you know, a bit more about, you know, why they're doing what they're doing. A bit more about, you know, what's going well, on in their secret underground base and, you know... The it big- covers that. They're changing the atmosphere so that they can basically take over and 
I, I I get that. No, no, no I'm, I I get that, but it's just it's so brief. Yeah, it's like a throwaway comment. Yeah, but that's that's the whole point of the film. I know. So for it to be a throwaway comment for me, I think that was that's something that I just wish they they'd spent a little bit more time on. Give us a little five minute five minute scene. You know, you're not gonna you're not really good. You're not gonna change the tone of the film by giving us that extra few minutes just yeah. to flesh it out a little bit. Because to me, that was like the one big letdown for they live. It's the one yeah. thing that I think for me would stop me from saying right. This is one of John Carpenter's top tier movies. See, I get that, but, like, you could flesh it out and it would still make a good movie. Yeah. But I, th- I think he kept it, like, low down just because I don't think they'd faith in it, to be honest. Well, I mean, it's interesting you bring faith up because, to be honest, obviously, we, you know, again, I have went on many, many, the record many, many times about my love for all things John Carpenter and his movies. John Carpenter in the 80s was not necessarily a financially successful director. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of flops. Um, And this was right at the end of the 80s, if I remember rightly. Yeah, this was 1988, so you're talking, you know, just coming up to the end of the decade. I'm trying to quickly have a look through uh, some of his movies to just sort of give you some... Obviously, we had Halloween, which was... At the time, I think the biggest successful independent horror movie of all time. Um, I think it made something like fifty million dollars off a three hundred thousand dollar budget. That's financially successful. That's obviously what really sprung his career. Yeah. Um, in terms of being able to go and do what he what he was going to do. But remember, he had like he had um a contract cancelled on him. That's why he had to go make Big Trouble in Little China. Because. Uh. Uh, there was a contract he was tied into to make a certain amount of movies that was actually cancelled on him. Um, the Fog was a success, a million to 21 million-ish. Um, then you had Escape from New York. The Thing, I think, is the one, the biggest one, that was, that The Thing absolutely bombed. Did it? Absolutely bombed, because it came out um, at the same time as, I want to say, was it E.T.? Oh, Okay. Um, and the thing budgeted 15 million but only actually made 19 fuck and so it was just a huge huge bomb um, and you know then you obviously went on to Christine which I also don't think was a hugely successful movie in terms of money you know I think that was about 10 million to 20 million so although he's making profits on these movies you know by the time you take off you know, your marketing and production and, and, and things like that. These movies really aren't making a lot of money. Aye, because I remember the biggest bomb was the Chevy Chase one. Yeah. Well, Big Trouble in Little China was a huge bomb as well. Oh, I never knew that. 25, but, mil- uh, 25 million budget only made 11 million. Oh, that's not as bad as the Chevy Chase one. The Chevy Chase was like 50 million or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made, but, but, you know, it made a worse one, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but it's just pointing out, it's one of those things, isn't it, that sometimes the films and the directors and the actors that can be the most beloved are the ones that just really weren't that popular at their time. Yeah. And this is something, this movie here that we're doing now is one of the ones that I think is well ahead of its time. Like, well ahead of its time. Yeah. 
you're also right they live was the last movie that john carpenter released in the 80s he wouldn't uh. um he, he did a couple of other things in the early 20s but his next really sort really sort of noticeable thing was in the mouth of madness which was 1994 and again that was a bomb as well only made nine million off an eight million budget um you know he went on and did village of the damned which was a nine million gross off a twenty-two million dollar budget. So, you know, and that I think is one of the best remakes you will ever see. Yeah, quite possibly. It's actually one of the way back when when we did our originals versus remakes episode was one that we completely sort of skipped over of even talking about. Yeah, but... and and it because I always forget there was one out before it because I just think that is. Like you, you know, that's the definitive one in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So it's 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 so weird that we skipped over it because the only reason is because it's so good you forget about the original. Yeah. Um, John Carpenter's Vampires made twenty million off of a twenty million budget, so no money made there. And then the last sort of big thing he ever did was Ghosts of Mars, which made fourteen million off a twenty-eight million budget. So he was really, really. In terms of his financial successes, living off of Halloween, The Fog, and Escape to New York, those are really the three that really made any sort of money. Everything Uh. else is a huge financial bomb. And that's why um, in the the, uh, mid-80s, the studios just lost faith in him. Uh, Understandably so. Despite the fact that he's probably one of the best horror minds of his generation. Uh, you know, you, 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 he's up, he is, though, because you, you put him in that same conversation as your Wes Cravens, as your Romero's, as your Fulci's, as, you know, he is right up there at the top. Oh, yeah, but I think it's because his stuff is before its time. So he got recognised for the stuff that he was doing early on, yeah. which was the same as everybody else. But you look at his flops, Big Trouble Little China, I don't know anyone who doesn't love that movie, you know yeah. what I mean? This thing is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Like, even, like, even Memoirs of the Invisible Man, the Chevy Chase one I was talking yeah. about, that's not exactly shit. It's funny as fuck. Like, <laughs> it is, it is, like, some of it is just absolutely hysterical. And but- yet... Which is shocking, cons- which is shocking, considering it's a Chevy Chase film. I like Chevy Chase sometimes. Yeah, it was. By the way, just for note, um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man made fourteen million off of a forty-eight million dollar budget. Yeah, that was his biggest failure, if I remember right. Yeah. So, he he so, lo- he lost studios a lot of money. Aye. So, yeah, but I love but it. But Ghost of Mars being his last one, his last main one. Yeah. Isn't there rumours that he's making a live-action movie of the, the video game Dead Space? See, there's always rumours that he's making stuff, but, you know, it never comes about. Well, he got a lot more interested in touring, didn't he, with his, is it his son, who plays, like, in a band. I can't remember. And, John, and they, they play, like, John Carpenter's music. Oh, okay. It actually sounds fucking ace. Um, and I think he spent a lot... Because obviously as well, that's the other thing. The soundtrack... To, we're going to talk briefly about the soundtrack to They Live. Because John Carpenter obviously famously does the majority of his own soundtracks. Yeah. And They Lives... How, how do you feel about They Lives? You know, 
his most iconic one once again of course is um halloween theme um but in general i think his his soundtracks are always pretty fucking spot on to the tone of his movies I like my favorite one, Escape from New York. Like yeah. that is, you know, it's it's the build up crescendo of the music, mm-hmm. and it's pure eighties as well. The ding 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 ding. Like it's 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 just perfect for the way that they do the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I I, lo- I really love the soundtrack. I really love John Carpenter's style, and I think he does another great job with it here in They Live as well. So definitely uh. plus points for me. Excuse me for, for for that. Um. Okay, I only have one more thing to ask you then. So, the the aliens have come. They're controlling your minds. Would you want to wake up? See, this is the thing. Yes, because... Well, any external influence like that. I'm not being a dick. There's the, the golden fucking saying... The only time the Earth will be united is when we fight something outside of us. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Fucking, you look at it, yeah, I always fight folk further away than you are. Yeah. <laughs> so it would it would work. Like, so you, you let would, that you go. You would like us to wake up on the premise that it would bring world peace? It, well, it, not exactly. It would cause a big, massive fucking war first, but it would unite a lot of people. Uh, it would bring a big war which would possibly result in the annihilation of the human race. But still, it's worth fighting for peace. But you have peace. Well, not really, because think about it. If you look at it now, if they remade this now, uh-huh. I guarantee it would be about them having conflict amongst everyone. That's what the only thing it would change in the story. Okay. Because every nation nowadays is divided. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can, can you think of any that isn't? No. Including our own, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. No, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just, I'm just intrigued to find out your reasonings for why you would want to wake up. You would like to, like essentially releasing yourself from the Matrix. Basically, yeah, and I'm all for that as well. Okay. Okay, I just wouldn't want to be like mid-shag and wake up and find out that I'm shagging an alien. <laughs> like the very last bit. Like the if the very final scene of this movie. <laughs> that is just hysterical. Could you? It'd be even worse though. Could you imagine? Like you're taking her doggy style. <laughs> and she turns around and goes, "What's up? What the fuck?" <laughs> it's it's more the fact that I know fine well, Nico, that if that was you, you'd you'd take one look and you'd just sort of, you'd shrug your shoulders and just carry on. <laughs> I might close my eyes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, on that note, Nico, because I've not actually asked, how much clothes are you wearing today? I have boxers and socks. I don't know if that's actually worse. Uh, it's because I just got in and I was in the middle of getting changed. And then I realised the time. You can say to me, Ian, hold on for 30 seconds, I'm getting changed before I call you. No, it's fine. If I'd waited 30 seconds, I'd have been fully naked. Oh, thank fuck, I should have called you earlier. <laughs> Exactly. It's because I've got a leak on my roof, so I was like going on to my roof. I was in the middle of getting changed. You were getting naked to go to your roof? No, I was getting changed to go on to my roof. But yeah, it was like when you messaged, I'm like, fuck, I forgot about the podcast. Oh, good. I did did forget. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, I did forget. You messaged, I'm like, 
Fuck, I forgot. See, I was laughing. Oh, good, thanks, thanks for that. Listeners, I, the, the, now you all know who really cares. <laughs> I do. It's just, for some reason, I don't know why. I saw it at 4 o'clock stuck in my head. I don't know why. I met, It was literally like yesterday I messaged you. I know, and I still don't know why I had 4 in my head. I'm like, the worst thing was, I looked straight away and went, shit, it's 2, not 4. I'm like, yeah. why did it? I genuinely thought it was like 2 hours later. So it was a good job you messaged. Anyways, um, that's all I have on They Live, Nico. Is there anything else about this movie that you want to talk about? Uh, the bit where they're, like, getting tooled up. Like, where, where they're getting all the guns and everything. I just love that bit. <laughs> like, 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 it's just... He's like a kid in a sweetie shop. He's like, two grenades. <laughs> Papa more. You know, he, it, the guy talks to him. Like and he's just like, but I'm getting machine guns. <laughs> like that, it's it's that look, you know. It's like mm, I want to use this too. <laughs> but it's a, it is one of those things that we haven't really touched on. Is is the comedy factor in this movie is there's and there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot, and it and it and it it lands. It all lands. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, definitely. Okay, uh, is if that's everything, then shall we move on? Okay. Okay, let's talk a little bit about some trivia. I'm sure if we bashed your head in, all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out. Start off with the finances of this movie. According to IMDb, this movie had a budget of $4 million and gross worldwide $13 million. So tripled its money. I would put that, I would still put that down as being a financial success. Although nowhere near on the levels and scales of, you know, some of his earlier movies. Assault on Precinct, um, sorry, not uh, Escape from New York and Halloween. Yeah. Um, it's definitely in that sort of declining era, isn't it, of financial returns for John Carpenter movies. Oh, yeah. Um, some interesting facts, though. Um, so John Carpenter actually brought real homeless people onto the production for a lot of the scenes and some of the smaller characters, and rather than paying them, gave them food. Shit. Um, which, apparently, Roddy Piper had stated that he thought that was a pretty classy thing to do. I mean, you could have paid them. Well, saying that, they were homeless. They they're, might they're... have needed a meal. Yeah, no, no, like, feed them as well. But you could have fed them and paid them. Yeah. This movie this movie had a budget of $4 million. It probably wouldn't have taken a huge amount of money to maybe slightly change a homeless person's life. True. But I don't think extras get paid that much anyway. No, of course they don't, but... You know. And back then, a hundred percent, they never got to go to the food cart. Well, maybe you're maybe right there. Maybe that's what I'm missing. Anyways, um, moving on. The big fight scene was designed, rehearsed, and choreographed in the backyard of John Carpenter's production office. The fight was only supposed to last for twenty seconds, but Roddy Piper and Keith David decided to fight it out for real. The only faked hits to the face and the groin, so the rest of the fight was real hits. Fuck off, um, really? They rehearsed for three weeks, and the Carpenter was so impressed that he actually kept the full scene intact. The scene ended up, which was supposed to run for 20 seconds, ended up running for five minutes and 20 seconds. So, basically, they went, nay ball punches, nay hits to the face, let's go for it. Yeah, I pretty, like that. Pretty much, which seems... That, that very, means that buck hurts. Which means, that, that, that seems very much like Roddy Piper's style. Yeah. So I, I can fully believe that. Um, but that, that buck breaker would hurt. 
No, of course. I mean, that, that's maybe not to say that uh, there was they're 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 maybe wrestling on a slightly padded surface. I hope so. So, anyways, John Carpenter wanted a truly rugged individual to play Nada, and he cast Roddy Piper in the lead role after seeing him during WrestleMania three in nineteen eighty seven. Which one's three again? It's the one after two. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Piper was fighting uh, in three. WrestleMania three. Oh, is that is that the one where he fights Hogan? Two seconds. I'm just bringing up the match card. Roddy Piper actually fought Adrian Adonis. Okay. In uh, WrestleMania three, the main event there was Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, that was the one where they came to the ring on the be like little wrestling ring carts that's right but Wrestle- wrestlemania 3 did potentially have one of the greatest wrestle not even the wrestlemania fights one of the greatest um professional wrestling fights of all time it was the ricky the dragon steamboat versus macho man randy savage yeah that was a good fight which was possibly one of the greatest ones of all time um so anyways yeah so that's Sight that's when John the wrestler Carter- again yeah exactly <laughs> um John Carpenter was really impressed with Keith David's performance in The Thing, obviously, otherwise why would you bother recasting him? But he wanted someone who wouldn't be a traditional sidekick but could hold his own. And to this end, Carpenter actually wrote the role of Frank specifically for Keith David. Cool. So no, no, no one else was ever going to be considered for that role. That's good. Just a last thing on the wrestling business, and this definitely I don't think will come to any surprise to you, Nico. Vince McMahon didn't want Roddy Piper to do the film. Don't know why. Uh, John Carper, apparently McMahon told Piper that he would find him a different film at the same pay rate within four weeks, but Piper passed on that offer and actually ended up quitting the WWF because of it. Um, Piper stated plainly that Vince McMahon is a control freak and that when he came back to the wrestling, he was twice as important as when he left. And uh, credits Carpenter with the success of that. Um, cool. So that's why Vince Ma- uh, Vince McMahon uh, didn't like, essentially, Roddy Piper being in the film because he got success outside of Vince McMahon's control. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, last piece of trivia that I have. Do you want to know some of the people who were considered to play Nada? Definitely. Well, the list is long. And so, it, it, Kurt, it, Kurt Russell. Um, is Kurt Russell in there? <laughs> um, it's pretty much every big major action star from the past like 30 years. Um, so, anyways, we've got Bruce Willis. I would have liked him to do it, I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. No. Patrick Swayze. Actually, yeah, because he he's quite good at playing everyone. Sylvester Stallone. It's not real. See, you need something with a lesser frame. Okay, so no Arnold Schwarzenegger then, no? No. What about Ron Perlman? Jesus. Okay. Hellboy um, doing it. Yeah. Uh, what about Bill Paxton? See, that might have worked. I think that would have been ace. I love Bill ah. Paxton. Um, Michael Madsen? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would Do- work. Dolph Lundgren, no. What about Michael Keaton? Oh, that would have been epic. I love Michael Keaton. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. 
See, I think that might have actually worked as well. Because <laughs> yeah. he can play, I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy, really. Okay. Mel Gibson? Mm. No. Harrison not Ford. then. Harrison Ford? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff Bridges? You can just stop at Harrison Ford, it's fine. Uh, no, because there's one I really need to put to you. Okay. What about Bruce Campbell? See, I don't think he could have done it serious enough. Okay. Anyways. So, yeah, I think the perfect one would have been Harrison Ford. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Anyways, uh, that's all the trivia that I have, Nico. Is there anything else that you have that you know about this movie? None. None? Good. Um, So, we'll move on then to our final segment, which is the ratings and the reviews. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. But hold on, you never went over who could have played Holly or was it always going to be her part? I, I did not find any trivia. Oh, okay. To, to that. Because that, that's the only one I would have changed in this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> got it. Uh, as always, we will start off with the critics' scores. IMDb scored this movie a 7.2 out of 10. Metacritic scored it a 5.5. Nico, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes audience and the Rotten Tomatoes critics would score this movie? So you said it was, what, 7.5? 7.2 from IMDb, 5.5 from Metacritic. Oh, okay. Fuck. Uh... I'll go for a uh, 60-40. 60-40. Well, I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised, Nico. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes critics scored this 85% fresh, with the Rotten Tomatoes audience scoring it 79%. I'm glad that was wrong. Uh, the critics' consensus, a politically subversive blend of horror and sci-fi, they live as an underrated genre film from John Carpenter. So they're, they're pretty much echoing what you said, Nico cool as always we throw it out to you guys our followers and listeners and ask for some of your opinions and thoughts and scores on the movie so here are just a few of them uh candy the final girl uh great friend of the show future and previous guest also host of the um the house that screams podcast which i recently did a guest spot on where i reviewed uh the remake of the hills have eyes so go check that out that's the house that screams podcast uh, but candy says 9.5 damn near perfect and one of my favorite films ever uh steven lawrence says on a social awareness level this one goes up to 11 as a film i'd give it a solid seven concept wise this one and prince of darkness are underrated I did not like this film at all as a kid but i watched it in the last few years and thought damn he predicted the future uh, Alaska Girls gives it 8 out of 10. Solid movie with the best fight scene ever done. Quotable lines, mostly believable plot and decent acting from the cast, especially Roddy. Love this movie. The Movies for Days podcast gives it a 7 out of 10. I have a lot of affection for the sci-fi neo-western, but it remains mid-tier Carpenter for me. Pacing is a bit clunky and overall design feels too restrained for John Carpenter. Still love the cast concept and the big fight, of course. And finally, our friends over at Podcast in the Woods, another podcast in which I recently did a guest spot on, 
uh, in the last couple of weeks where we talked about Scream 6. Go check out that podcast in the woods. They gives this a 6.5 out of 10. Compared to some of Carpenter's other work, it's a bit lacking, but it's still Carpenter. And not only that, but it has some great acting, a good story, making it a solid, campy fun. Overall, we tracked everyone's scores and ratings, and the listeners, you guys gave this movie an 8.1 out of 10, which is pretty high. Yep. Uh, and that's, that's pretty high, considering um, what what the, the listeners have scored some of our other movies. Um, but that just leaves us, Nico, on a scale of 0 to 10. What will you rate They Live? Uh... I'm not sure who you said it was. I think it was Condi who said, hit it bang with the nail. I'm giving this a 9.5. A 9.5. And I'm only taking 0.5 off because you know the ending's coming because of who's playing it. Okay, okay, yeah, I can I, I, I can get on board with that. Like, that's if that's your major gripe about this, then, then fair enough. I'll give you that. Because... She turned on every, like, every character she ever played, she was the body. And it's mm-hmm. just, it, you knew it was coming before you knew it was coming, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, when's she gonna turn? It was just, that's the only annoying thing. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, fair enough, fair enough. Anyways, um, I really, I really like this movie. I don't think, I don't think this movie is up there with John Carpenter's best work, which is Halloween, and they live, uh, they live, <laughs> and, and the thing, sorry. I do think it's probably on the higher, t- higher points of his sort of second tier of work, I would say. Um, with that being said, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, the, 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 they've, they've definitely predicted the future, and, yeah. you know, there's a lot to love about this movie. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Well, that's not bad. Did you think I was going to go lower? I definitely did, yeah. Okay, okay. So there you go then, Nico. You can be pleasantly surprised. I am. Okay. Well, all of our scores combined with the critics' scores gives They Live an average score of 7.8 out of 10. <clears throat> it puts it in 16th place on the leaderboard, which is a lot higher than the 42nd that you predicted it would come, Nico. Then I'm glad of that. Uh, and it gives it the exact same score as X from 2022. I'd rather watch this over X, but X is good. Host from 2020. Yeah, I'd rather watch this. And the OG Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'd definitely rather watch this. Okay. Um, I think the only one I possibly might would rather watch is Host. Hmm. But it, it's a pretty tight thing. So, I, I, you know what? I, I'm. It's one of those occasions. I know we're slight differences in our score. I know you hold it possibly in a slightly higher regard than I do. But I think it's pretty perfectly placed on our leaderboard. Yeah, like, if, if, if you didn't have it as a Carpenter movie, I reckon you'd have scored it higher. Mm, I'm not sure. I think oh. that held you back a bit. That's why I do every film individually. Yeah. Oh, 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 are you criticising my uh, my rating technique? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Good, you better fucking name me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, um, I think I think we can all agree though that this this there there is a touch of the B movie about this. See, I don't think there is really a touch you, of the B movie. Of course, you disagree, you dickhead. Because, <laughs> like, I, I genuinely don't think there is. I think. The thing about this is, it's 
it's basically fortune told what everything's happening, and it's just it's an amazing movie for what it was. It's uh, something that that nobody else had really done. An amazing movie for what it was, borderline B. Yeah, you're right. Well, here's the thing. Did you notice that they had their communicators were the things from Ghostbusters? Yes. I know. We never touched on that, and I just remembered. Well, there you go. Is that your, is that your trivia? Like, look at you veering away from the subject that we were actually oh, no, talking no. about there. No, I just thought about that. Anyway, no, the, the thing about it is, this you never saw movies like this. There was nothing telling you that how things were like basically the conspiracy style of it. You know what I mean? There was nothing really like this going about. That doesn't mean that it's still not borderline a B movie. The the only thing that was close to it was like V, and that was a TV show. You're you're still not disproving my point. <laughs> I, I don't think it was a B movie. I you think just, this was, you're just ignoring. I think my this point. was an A plus. I don't I don't see anything in this that makes it a B movie. Well, okay, let, well, let me rephrase then, since you're having such a difficult time with my point. Um, that we, this is not ever going to be considered in the top tier of horror movies. It's not up there with your Aliens and Halloweens and the Things and Omens and the Exorcists and Jaws and all those types of movies. They're your top tier of horror. They live will never ever be considered in that top tier. But it's it's a different type of horror. That I'm not saying that it's not a different type of horror. I'm just saying in the wider context of horror as a whole, the fandom and the critics will never yeah. accept the thing is in that top echelon of horror. But the thing, I think the thing and is they live. Up they there. live. They live. Like I, I definitely think the thing is yes, right so up I, there right? in the horror. But we're talking so. about they live. <laughs> That's not what you said. Though. Okay, but they'll, they'll never accept that they live as in that top tier of horror. I understand that, but this is more. This is more like an action movie more than a horror movie. Yes, and people complain that uh, uh, Alien and the Thing aren't horror movies because they're technically sci-fi. It doesn't. Yeah, it's bullshit. But the, the, I'm trying to be complimental about they live. It's in that I, top I, tier I, oh. of the second tier. That's that's my point. I, I understand you, but I, I think it is a top tier movie and that's why I include it in those. Okay. I, I understand you, I just disagree with it. Okay, that's fine. You're just bringing me a lot of pain, to be honest. I, the, 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 for some reason you think I don't get you. I do understand what you mean. Because you're just outrightly but, disagreeing with me. But the, Yeah, because I don't agree with it. I, I genuinely think this is something that should be watched by a lot of people, especially people in horror because this is how you can take an idea and make it into horror and keep its essence of something else i'm not i'm not saying that that's not the case i'm i'm saying i'm not i'm literally not making any comment on the content of this film the plot of this film what's gone on i'm i'm purely making comment on how this is received i understand i i I know what you mean you keep bringing it back to the actual content of the film, and that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I get you. Okay, okay. It's really stressing me out. <laughs> I've noticed. Okay, um, if you got but anything the else... Thing, the thing is definitely a top-tier like movie. Just the thing so is know. definitely a top-tier movie, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anything else that you want to talk about on They Live? 
on Daylift. Uh, I do like the ending when he gives them the finger, even though he's dying. Well, Ronnie Piper <laughs> has actually stated that he didn't like that. Really? He thought his finger was too bent. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, he's dying, so it it puts more emphasis on it, if you Apparently, know what I mean. Apparently, in an interview, he said he wished his finger was straight and strong. Uh, but it's, it's, it's sort of like that whole, I'll still be defiant to the end, even though I'm ending, basically. Mm. Oh yeah, no, I, I understand the, the meaning behind it. And just remember and marry and reproduce. <laughs> obey. <laughs> I wish you would fucking obey sometimes. Never. Mm. Anyways, See, that's probably why I like this. I'm already rebelling. Yeah, I don't want you rebelling against the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> why not? This has been a really stressful episode for me. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, I noticed. <laughs> That's because you obey. Anyways, that is going <laughs> to do it for this week's show. I'm tempted to not even thank you, Nico, for joining me this time. <laughs> Why is that? Is that because you're obeying? Uh, thank you, Nico, for joining me as always. No problem. This yeah. is the new god. Don't worry. <laughs> Anyways, um, up next on the show, it's my choice. And I'm really glad I picked the movie that I picked next, Nico, because I know mm-hmm. this is one of the few occasions where I know your feelings on a movie before we go into it. Yes. And, uh, just to pre-warn the audience, Nico's going to hate the movie that we're talking about next week. Um, so, you're welcome. Yes. So I, I didn't pick this to hurt your feelings. You definitely picked that to hurt mine. Yes, I did. And I'm glad I did. Uh, we're talking all about The Blair Witch Project. It is uh, possibly one of the most polarising movies in horror, so it will be an interesting, yeah. interesting the one. The Chip Bitch Project is something else. Uh, Blair Witch Project, sorry, yeah. The Blair Witch Project. I think... I'm I'm really concerned about what you're about. You're going to score this next week. Oh, you should be. I just... um. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Anyways, um, that's like I say, that'll do it. If you would like to follow us on our social media platforms, you can do so. We're on Twitter at Damn Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Pod of the Damned. You can follow our new Twitch channel, Twitch.tv forward slash Pod of the Damned. You can email us at Pod of the Damned at Gmail dot com, and you can follow us on Patreon, Patreon dot com forward slash Pod of the Damned. <sighs> I'm out of breath. Yeah, I noticed. You okay there? I'm getting I'm getting quite good at that. Well, that and obeying. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thanks once again, Nico, for joining me. Thank you to Oh, you did thank me. I was surprised at that. Thank you for everyone for downloading and listening to this episode. As always, we really appreciate your support. And until next week on the Pod of the Damned, just remember you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't.